This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Regardless whoever wins the White House, we are facing serious geopolitical and economic challenges that could lead to the next great financial crisis. You need a recognized safe haven asset for your portfolio and IRA, and that asset is gold. Call Goldline and add physical gold to your portfolio or IRA at 800-913-GOLD. Goldline, been helping people diversify their portfolio with gold for over 55 years. Rated A-plus by the BDP. Read Goldline's important risk information, but do it now, because crazy times are coming. 800-913-GOLD. 800-913-GOLD. Glenn Beck. The Blaze Radio Network. Hello, America, and welcome to Glenn. We're glad you guys are here. Thank you so much for coming. want to have a conversation on the other side of this chalkboard. I, I began writing some things out um, that I wanted to talk to you about, um, but then I had another thought, and I thought we should start here. On this election... Um, I asked before the uh, audience met you just now um, to give me some things that they were concerned about uh, during this election. What what was it that was driving them um, to go out and vote? And you guys are a very unique audience because I don't think I think if I went in Times Square, this chalkboard would look a lot different than this. Um, Voter fraud, civility, Supreme Court, religious freedom, progressivism. Immigration slash Muslim. We'll get to you, Carl. Uh, Constitutional illiteracy. I would have spelled it out, but I didn't know how to spell it. Limited government, national security, financial crash, martial law, health care, race war or race, the strife, healing the strife. Did I miss anything? Anybody want to add anything else to this? Individual liberty. Individual liberty. Okay. Let me go over here. Could you get a Carl, get a microphone to Carl, because Carl said immigration, Muslim. Can you help me with that, Carl? Yeah, the reason I'm concerned about that is the so-called Muslim religion is not conducive to the melting pot that's critical for the success of the United States. And the other part of the problem is, is that they spread by the womb. In other words, they have one legitimate wife and three others that are on welfare in a lot of cases. So they keep producing more that aren't going to become part of the melting pot, which is okay. a great concern. I haven't concern. heard that stat uh, before. Um, where did you get that stat about the... I got that on either, it was either Savage or... Okay, we can stop with the microphone. Um, <laughs> if you got it from Michael Roberts, Savage or... Roberts. Okay. Um, I haven't heard that stat. And, um, it wasn't him. It was somebody called and gave him right, talk okay. about that. Um, I, I, so that's even one more step removed from uh, sanity. Um, <laughs> we have to be really careful on what we say on condemning people and religion. I know Muslims. I know a lot of Muslims who are good, decent, patriotic, serving in the U.S. military, serving in the Navy Americans. Those who are um, those who like Sharia law, that's totally different. You can be a Muslim all day long for the rest of your life and be my neighbor, and we're going to get along famously, not a problem. But if you believe in Sharia law or you are an Islamist, then we have a problem because Islamists do want to take down the Western civilization and want the world to be under one caliphate. That's different than Muslim. 
that is an Islamist. And it's important that we know the difference and recognize the difference. Otherwise, we automatically sound like bigots. And I don't think anybody here is bigoted against anybody else's religion. I hope not. It's your ideology. Does it go with the Constitution? Islam can. Islamism cannot. Because that's government controlled. So huge difference there. Um, Anybody want to tell me um, who said um, uh, religious freedom? Tell me about that. Who said that? Yes, Justin. I'm concerned by things like the cake decorators that cannot are yep. forced to either perform yeah. or, or their provide services. A, a, provide a service that is unique to them. Yes, or else they, they go out of business. Correct. Uh, things like that worry me a great deal. Do you have a problem if you are a baker and a gay couple comes in and wants to buy cookies that are already made in your case and they buy your cookies? Are you going to have a problem with that? To me, no, because there's no religious indication there. But if I'm servicing your wedding... No, I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't looking at bigotry. um, Because bigotry would be... uh, You can't... I won't serve you no matter what. But the difference is, if I have to make something and participate in your service, then I do have a right. But it's not just the cake decorators. It's also the doctors now that are, um, uh, are trying to teach that the fa- traditional family is the best possible unit. I mean, I can't imagine that people want to believe something that is, is of nature. You know, our founders believed nature's God and nature's laws. Nature's laws are that there is a man and a woman make a child. And so that is nature's laws. And now we are trying to, now we're saying we can make a, ma- we can make a baby without a woman now. Um, and all we have to do is take some of their cells and we can, we can make a baby. That's insanity in the first place. But to think that that's a better way of making a baby is also insanity. There are families that are of different makeup, but to not be able to, as a, uh, as a clinician, say that there is a better way to raise a family, and that is with a father and a mother in a traditional household. That's the best. We can't always hit that. And so, but let's strive for that. Doctors, if you are a psychologist, you can't say that anymore. You can't, you can't make, a, um, you can't make a, uh, a statement of things that are true, which also falls into... Religious freedom. Yes, Beth. My husband is a retired prison chaplain, and he had to quit performing ceremonies, uh, marriage ceremonies for the prisoners because they were forcing him to do males with male. Right. And so he just had to quit, period, having the ceremonies. Right. Um, So religious freedom is absolutely on the ropes. And if Christians don't know that, um, they're in deep deep trouble. But I'm going to come back to that in a minute. Anybody else have anything to say on religious freedom in particular? Religious freedom? No? Yes? Okay, go ahead. These two right back here. Yeah. Gary and Greg, go ahead. Um, What was your name? Justin. Uh, Justin said that, you know, if a gay couple came in and simply wanted to buy cookies off the shelf, 
that that should be fine. But the libertarian in me says it's my business, right? If the government tells me how much I have to pay my employee, who I have to hire through affirmative action, and who I have to serve, and then I have to charge them a tax that goes to the government afterwards, so, how is my business really yeah. my business? So, Gary, I think you're exactly right. In the pure libertarian world, you should have th- – this is, this is the conundrum that libertarianism um, always comes down to. And libertarianism in particular is wholly inadequate for a religious and moral people, uh, for, a, for a non-religious or moral people. It's basically what our founders had, which you have total freedom. You don't like the way the guy looks because he has brown eyes coming into your store. It's your store. You do whatever you want. It allows the rest of us to go, you know, that guy doesn't like anybody with brown eyes, and we don't have to go into your store. And that's the way the free market works. That's, that is dependent on a moral people. If you, read, um, uh, if you read Adam Smith, have you ever read Adam Smith, Wealth of Nations? Did you read the preceding book? Okay, the preceding book has to be read with Wealth of Nations. Right now, we only study Wealth of Nations, but the book that came before it is the critical part. It's called Moral Sentiments. And what it says is, it's the really, truly prologue to the invisible hand of the market. And what he says is, your moral sentiment of society is going to produce whatever that moral sentiment is. So if the moral sentiment is, you know, grind in the dirt with the pigs, you are going to get those products. You are going to get, um, you know, a world full of pornography and shootings and everything else. Um, as long as your, as your moral sentiment changes, then you're going to get different products, okay, set up of the, of the invisible hand. Now, that kind of sounds like the invisible hand, but in moral sentiments, he's talking about how important it is to understand that um, you can, if the people are moral and good and decent then they're going to raise the standard of everyone because everyone, they're going to want everybody to win. And so it will be a win-win society. Nobody will want to rip each other off. Nobody will want to do these things. So the stronger the moral sentiment is in the positive, the stronger the invisible hand of the market is in the positive. The lower the moral sentiments, the more vice-ridden and, and horrific this hand becomes. Okay. So that's what the founders meant when they said this system that we have is wholly inadequate for uh, anyone but a moral and religious people. They were talking about moral sentiments. Otherwise, this will create profound darkness and misery because the invisible hand of the market is real. And that's what we have forgotten. We think capitalism is just going to be good, which, by the way, we haven't done pure capitalism in about 100 years. But pure capitalism is really good. Look, it changed the world. But for the most part, the moral sentiments of the people were good. Not all people and not all of society. But generally speaking, it was good. And then about 1860s, it started to shimmy apart where people started to get uber greedy. The Titans started to come in. And some of their moral sentiments were really good. Some of them were really bad. 
But we still had the base of the American people rooted in something decent. And quite honestly, I know Penn Jillette, a libertarian, atheist. I'm obviously clearly the opposite of that. He's one of the most moral men I've ever met. I don't know how he's done it. I don't know where he gets his moral framework from, but I respect him for it. I can live side by side because Penn is not going to produce something that is harmful for society. He he knows that's bad for him and his children and the rest of society. So it matters what our moral sentiments are, which brings me to, where was it, Uh, civility. That's a real problem. That's moral sentiments. I want to flip this over, and this is what you guys said that you're concerned with. And I think this is tremendous. Um, I I think any, most audiences would start to say things like uh, taxes, uh, taxes, military, health care, which is up here, things that are much more um, surface. You guys hit some really good ones. Let Let me take you to another list. Because I obviously get hammered on, and I'm sure, does anybody want to know why I just won't get on the train? You do, Gene? Absolutely. Okay, let's give him a microphone. Who else? Sonny? Why I just won't get on the train. Let's, let's start with you. Go ahead. Well, knowing The Trump train. Oh, the Supreme yeah. Court was yeah. my point on the other side. Yeah. Knowing how important the next several Supreme Court justice yeah. picks are going to be. Well, let's go for one, because who's probably next to die? Ginsburg. Ginsburg, Can you find anyone more liberal than Ginsburg? Good luck with that. So we know at least one. So knowing how important the Supreme Court justice pick is, or picks, plural, I'm surprised that you haven't pivoted in that direction, as well as all constitutionalists and conservatives, to line up behind the candidate who will most likely pick justices that you would be approving of, as opposed to the candidate who would pick justices you would completely disapprove of. I'm going to give you a great answer for that, I think. You may not agree with it, but I'm going to give you a great answer. Let me go here. Sonny, you have have thought on this? Well, uh, my big thing is we have Hillary, who is, uh, I, I totally believe, would be an absolute disaster for our country. I agree with you. And Trump, uh, questionable. But he's uh, nowhere near where Hillary is, and we're, we're down to two choices. Mm-hmm. Given the others, uh, they're not going to get elected. Mm-hmm. So we're, we've got to make one choice or the other. Mm-hmm. How can anyone not get on the Trump train knowing <laughs> what the alternative is going to turn out to be? Okay. May I get, get and then we'll take some more. Let, may I take you through an exercise here first, just a second. First of all, I don't, and you don't answer to me, and I don't answer to you. I don't answer to America. I answer to God. So the first thing you have to understand is I look at my decision first as answering to him. Okay? A lot of people don't do that. And a lot of people will say um, things like, well, but God requires us to act. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. But where in the scriptures has he ever ever said, stand with someone unrighteous. He always says, flee from them. Okay? So I believe we are looking at two extraordinarily unrighteous people. And what we've done is, you disagree with that? Somewhat. 
somewhat. I mean, the guy wrote a book about bragging about how many sleeps with married women. And I mean, you know, that's not exactly where the Lord would have us. Um, uh, and so um, that's my first answer. And so that counts a lot of people out. A lot of people will just go, well, I think that's ridiculous and they won't hear anything else. But that's my priority. Um, and I have that priority for the one reason. Um, how did we win? How did we win the Revolutionary War? Pardon me? With what? With the help of the French. With the help of the French. Yes. It was divine providence. The French did help, but we won it because of divine providence. And every single founder wrote that. Every single one of them, except for Thomas Paine, who was chastised by uh, uh, Ben Franklin by saying, how dare you? I was with you. You saw the hand of God. I believe in divine providence. And I believe, as George Washington did, that only a righteous and faithful people will be able to collect those blessings. And it's not just divine providence. It's the protection of divine providence. So I'm not counting on the Lord fixing our problems because we created our problems. And like any good dad, sorry, kid, you got to lay in the bed you made. We're going to suffer the consequences of those problems. But I'm begging the Lord for the protection of divine providence. Please, Lord, when the crap hits the fan, I pray this every night, recognize, please, the millions of people who have turned their face to you and are obedient at all costs. Please, there are more than 50 men. There are more than one. There are millions who are obedient to your word at great cost. I also happen to believe that the Chinese, I know, because members of the Chinese church have been preaching and have been praying for America to stumble and crash, not be counted out, but to crash and to be humbled. Because God can only work with people when they're humble. Another reason why I am praying for divine providence. We're out, gang. If you think any man is going to save us with these problems, you're wrong. We need God more than ever and not for the Oval Office. We need him for the protection of divine providence when America stumbles and falls that we are not swarmed by the enemy, including ourselves. So that's my first reason. But when we come back, I want to go through all of this with you. These are the principles from the Constitution. And let's talk about those when we come back. I'm going to go in the back before I get to the list about about Saul. Yeah. What, what about uh, Trump of Tarsus? Because I, I, I've understood that, that that interviews with the Christians back in Tarsus in the day. Yeah. Uh, they were told, hang in there. He's killing you and, and all that type of but hang in there because Saul's going to become one of the greatest Christian missionaries the world's ever known. Right. They said we will believe that. Well, you know, if I were asked, what are the chances of Trump becoming you know, to Trump, I'd say slim to none. But so would they back then. Right. 
uh, about, uh, about Seoul. It, this just hit me about a week ago. I don't know why. But, no, I've uh, heard that. I, I know I was coming out here, so no, I figured I've, to bring I've, it up. I've heard that before, and let me get to it. Let me take Pam first. Go ahead, Pam. Uh, yes, I just have a question. We talk about Trump, and I'm undecisive too, but can he possibly change? I mean, I know that he was has, Are you has a, a right. Excuse Are you a Christian? Yes, I am yeah, a Christian. So you know everyone can change. The Correct. worst Everybody of the can worst change. Can so change. we're all dismissing him immediately. Is it possible that he has changed? And we just don't give him the recognition yet? I don't know. Uh, okay. So you think he might have already changed? Maybe he's trying to change. Maybe he's trying to change. Okay. Um, well, first of all, um, I think I can answer both of these questions. Yes, he can change. Um, don't think he has, and here's why. He has not asked for forgiveness. He's not even recognized that he has anything to ever ask for forgiveness for. A humble heart is required. Or Jesus comes down and says, Saul, what are you doing to my people? Okay? Now, let's put him in the Oval Office. Jesus (laughs) Jesus would be great, yes. Let's put Trump in the Oval Office. Uh, We put uh, Trump in the Oval Office. And uh, Jesus needs him to change. The Lord needs him to change. Okay? If he had a moment of, Don, wake up. Maybe, maybe. Okay? Haven't seen that. um, But it's happened once. Could happen again. Um, However, for him to do that, because I think we're all mistaken that God somehow or another needs America. He doesn't. He doesn't need America. Uh, I think he would like America. I think he'd like Canada and Mexico and everywhere else, too. He doesn't need us. He would like us. But we must always stand with righteousness to be able to have him give us the opportunity to survive. Okay? So I think... All of us lining up and defending unrighteousness in all of our lives over multiple fronts. It's not just us, guys. The Democrats aren't batting an eye at that one. (laughs) They're looking at Hillary Clinton. They're like, what? She's fine. Are you kidding? At least we have a little bit of struggle with it. So you have to be a righteous people. The other way to humble somebody, and I know because this is the way the Lord did it to me, is grind me into dirt. I would prefer that the person being ground into dirt is not the leader of our country because that office will build the greatest ego. And he's walking in with one already. What is the Lord going to have to do to him and to his office and to our country to humble him enough to have him say, I recognize you, I need forgiveness. And I turn my life over to you. Bad. Could it happen? Yeah. I'd prefer not have to, uh, to, to bank on that one time that it has happened before. But it could. It absolutely could. And this is why, hold on, this is why uh, I am not condemning you or anyone else if you say, I'm going to bet there. Okay. I don't know. With God, all things are possible. Okay. I'm speaking again about me. I'm not talking about Trump. 
I'm talking about me. What do I feel God expects from me? And what I believe God has said over and over, flee, flee from those who are unrighteous. He never says, throw your weight behind them, support them, prop them up, flee from the unrighteous. So that's what I think. Now, let's go now intellectually and look at things. These are the, these are the things that I think we should be worried about because these are all constitutional. This is freedom of the press, freedom of speech, freedom of assembly, freedom of religion, freedom of guns, warrants, searches, property rights, a fair trial, and uh, culture. Except culture is not, you know, obviously constitutional. Um, so let's look at this. It's pretty easy. Hillary Clinton, freedom of press. Is she going to be better or worse? With the understanding, I think we all need to understand, we have spent 30 years making the Clintons into monsters and I believe the Clintons are two of the worst, most selfish, greedy, dirty, corrupt individuals we have ever seen. But they are not Satan, and neither is Trump. So let's separate uh, the emotions from this, and let's look at Clinton first. Press, freedom of press, better or worse? Why? Why? Uh, no, is she going to take us further away from freedom of the press and why than we already are? Better. They don't like her. <coughs> they don't like her, so you say better. She's already, She's already avoided them. I'm not talking about avoiding the press. I'm talking about Bar- Barack Obama has ground the press into the ground. He has not just avoided them. He has arrested whistleblowers going to the press. So is that going to get better or worse? Worse. Worse. Okay, so I'm going to say I'm I'm going to say no. Let's look at Donald Trump. Better or worse on freedom of the press? Worse. 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 Why way worse? Can we give a mic to Gary? Why way worse, Gary? Because he's a complete bully. I mean, he's he's already basically said that anyone objects to me is going to have their mic cut. Um, You've said. Okay, hang on. What? The FCC is going to take you off the air. Luckily, I'm on the Internet, so he can't do that, but he could take my radio show. And I do believe that is an agenda item. Uh, And you could call me paranoid, but he and his people have stated they will make it their mission in life, win or lose, to destroy me. Okay, I take a man at his word. Yes, Susan. I I think even worse with Trump. He will sweet talk the press and turn them against each other. Uh, yeah, I don't think he's going to sweet talk the press. He's already said, I'm running against a corrupt press. And, uh, and I think it should be illegal um, uh, to be able to report facts. I can't remember exactly what he said, but basically facts that he doesn't agree with. Um, so bad on both of them. Freedom of speech. Who's really going, which one of these two is really going to say, hey, Knock it off. Even though I really disagree with them, they have a right to say it. Not Hillary. Or Trump. Not Hillary? Or Trump. Or Trump. Or Trump. Got it? You don't know about Trump? Get him a microphone. Get him a microphone. Why not? I just think, you know, you know, mentioned, you said Paul was the only time, Paul was the only time that Christ gave him attention. 
God uses this two by four on every one of us. No, 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 no. That's not what we're talking about. Back. We're talking about, we were talking about Saul of Tarsus. Tell me about speech. But that's what I'm saying is that I think Trump is open to change, much more so than Hillary. Has anybody heard him open to change? I mean, uh, excuse me, a man who wants to destroy me and anyone else who stands against him is not... Oh, come Did on. Did he want to destroy you? Are you kidding me? No, I haven't heard that. You haven't heard that. Yeah. Has, any, has everybody else heard that he wants to destroy yes. me or anyone else? T- t- Ted Cruz, you didn't stand up and defend me. You're nothing. You're out of the party. Have you heard him say that? Yes. That's freedom of speech, my friend. Uh, freedom of assembly. We saw this with Obama and the IRS. Freedom of assembly. Don't you dare get into those little tea party things. I've got the IRS as my bully. And I will shut you down. Freedom of assembly. How's Clinton going to be better or worse than Hillary? Well, I mean, uh, than Obama. Worse or the same. Worse or the same. Trump. Freedom of assembly. I think worse. I don't think you can. Yeah, I'll I'll give you a question mark, but I'm telling you, have you ever seen a presidential candidate try to turn crowds against people? I mean, I've never seen anyone say, hit him in the face and send him to the hospital. That's SEIU stuff. That's not a president. What is that? Bully is the, is the key factor here. Religion, better or worse? We know with Hillary, much worse. Why worse on him? Because he said he'll be the biggest defender of religion. Well, give, give, give me some microphones, one here, one there. Guy who who has uh, nightclubs and stuff in in Las Vegas. I mean, his core. He's got strippers. He's not the guy that's turning. But that and, doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be against religion. Well, it certainly it? isn't a check. We mark have another for microphone it. here. You guys, you you millennials, haven't raised your hand or said a word yet. Go ahead. Go right here. Right here to Susan. Right in the front, Jason. Go ahead. Um, I think it's worse because the minute that the religious leaders who are so in love with him right now start speaking about his morality, heads off. Anybody else want to chime in on that one? Brandon, here in the front. Hand Brandon the microphone right here in the front. Go ahead. Under Trump, he has stated that he would like to close immigration off to people of the Muslim Islam religion. So based on that, he would be harsher against religion. Okay, go ahead. Behind you, Greg. There's a step beyond that. That creates a precedent that can then be used against other groups based on the whims of one man. So my greater concern with Trump is that he will be that imperialist. And if he starts with one group, it's a repeat of the precursors to World War II. It's the same thing. I want you to know 80%. 80% of the religious leaders in Germany supported um, Adolf Hitler, 80% of all the religious leaders. And by 1933, when he took office officially, by 1933, 80% of the leadership said, a Jew can never not be a Jew. Baptism doesn't count. We kick them all out. Denying the power of baptism. Two, um, by 1933, they said the Old Testament is nothing but um, uh, uh, Jewish garbage and needs to be removed from the Bible. It's only the New Testament. Like there's no Jews in the New Testament. And uh, the, the third thing, 
By 1933, September of 1933, they held a vote and voted that Adolf Hitler was now the official head of the church and not Jesus Christ. Even the very elect get waylaid. When there is strife, when there is a problem, when there is a strong man saying, I will protect you, but you've got to play ball my way, it doesn't have to end this way, but this is the way it happened last time it played out. When we hit economic strife, look how far Christians have gone already. Just not, not to say, hey, I think, but to endorse and to full, full-heartedly support and not recognize things like, well, I've never asked forgiveness because I've never done anything for forgiveness. Every preacher in America should have said, wait a minute. You can vote for him or not vote for him, but wait a minute. That's not the spirit of Christ. And they didn't. And it all starts somewhere. Me personally, I don't know what he's going to do. But I know, speaking on history, on these two, I think we're in, real, I think we're in more trouble than this one. But either way, we're screwed almost all the way down the line. You, you say he's going to appoint a Supreme Court justice. You think he's going to have somebody that disagrees with him on property rights? He likes taking people's property. You think that just because George Bush did and Barack Obama did, spying and listening to Americans and, the, and gathering their intelligence, you think he's not going to do that? He's going to protect that? Our Constitution gets weaker, which either way we go, either way we go. So the question is, what's the solution? Back in a minute. Okay, so Dina, I'm going to go to you because you raised your hand when I said, what is the answer? And you said, you just raised your hand right up. The Constitution of the United States. I have been thinking about this for a long time, mm-hmm. been paying attention to this election for over a year, been with the ups and downs, heard every argument, and finally it hit me just a little while ago, but the answer's been the Constitution all along. Did our founders have a, put a provision in the Constitution to deal with a bad president? And the answer is yes. Mm-hmm. Now, people have, have lost some confidence with the right, because they think that the right has not done everything they could to stop progressivists and and, uh, Obama. But because he was in office, we got Mike Lee. Mm -hmm. And because he was in office, we got Ted Cruz. And because he's in office, we have a Freedom Caucus in the House. If Hillary Clinton becomes president, the Congress will have the constitutional authority to stand in her way four different ways. Yes. And I believe, while I'm not going to vote for either one, she scares me less because of the law. I call it the law of opposition. When someone goes this way, because we have a constitution that deals in opposition, will it'll strengthen conservatism. I tend to agree with you. I don't know if uh, I, I'm not willing to say either of them would be better than the other. Um, uh, she scares me less. That's probably uh, well. The devil you know is sometimes less scary than the devil you don't know. What he actually does, I don't know. I know what she's going to do. We all know exactly what she's going to do. And if she doesn't do that, if anything, the record of her husband and their mealy mouth greediness will bring them back to hold things together, 
just so they can be more and more corrupt. But they will be internationalists. They will be U.N. people. They will be... It's, it's horrible what happens. And I'm not willing to say she'll be better than him because the, the odds are that maybe he moderates over. And maybe he's not the Antichrist. You know, maybe, maybe neither of them are uh, doomsday. Because we all thought we'd never make it to 2016 if Barack Obama was elected a second term. And here we are. And so are we, pardon me? Look at the shape we're in. Do you think the shape is going to get better? I hope so. I'm thinking it'll get better with Trump, only because I see what he's done with his children. Hang on just a second. Hang on just a second. I love this. I love this, Rod. Tell me about this. I'm going to give you an amen. I I don't know the measure of the man himself. Yeah. Okay? I like some of the things he said, and I find some of the things he said, I guess, quote, deplorable. Yeah, unquote. Yeah. But uh, I see his children, and they know right from wrong. He's brought them up properly. So I see goodness in the man. Anybody That's want to answer that, that children one? Hey, give me somebody who hasn't spoken up yet. You in the back. You in the back. You in the back. I remember uh, one time, Glenn, you actually said that the reason his uh, children are so decent is because he really didn't have much of a hand in raising I, I didn't. Them. I didn't say that. I played, in, uh, I played several video clips of him saying that. I had no hand in raising my children. I went to work. Everything is due to their mothers, and uh, I had nothing to do with it. I don't get involved at that level. That's what he said. <laughs> I mean, so I love the people who were like, well, you know, these children, yeah, but here's three clips of him saying, I got nothing to do with that. And he really, he really doesn't. He's a businessman. Now, does he now have something to do with them? Yeah, he spends a lot of time with them now. And they seem like decent people. But I know a lot of, I know a lot of great, great parents whose children turn out to be monsters. And I know a lot of really bad people whose children turn out to be good. Like Chelsea. Uh, the first scenario. Yeah. $600,000 a year job straight out of college, multi-million dollar apartment in New York. How do they do that? Well, we know how they do that. I mean, I was struggling when I got out of college. Yeah, but you're not a Clinton <laughs> who's absolutely and thoroughly corrupt. <laughs> we know how they do that. Back in a minute. So, Dexter, Kimberly, Jonathan, Brandon, Christina. Um, you guys are from what club or university or a... Uh, GOP, what are you? Turning Point USA. Which is? It's an organization that focuses on free markets and limited government and the right to say what you want on a college campus. Good for you. Yeah. Good for you. Um, must be mighty popular. <laughs> um, tell me, because you guys are going to inherit this. Dexter, what happens after the election? Well, after the election, we have to figure out how we're going to progress from it. We all know it's, it's going to happen. No matter which way we turn our head, somebody's going to get voted as president. But it's up to us as millennials, as voters, as people that have a, a hearsay in our future to correct it, even though we might not agree with who our president is at that time. And, and, and how do we further uh, small government and constitutional goals um, under either president should they become hostile to them? 
Um, personally, I think that we should just let the GOP die. Um, we keep talking about at Turning Point events that uh, whether we have Hillary or Trump, the situation's going to suck. So if we rise as freedom fighters, stop saying that we're Republican, stop Good saying that you. we're becoming corrupt, um, and stand for the Constitution. But. I, I said, and I don't even know if you guys know what this is anymore, but I said the other day that the GOP, because of the way they've handled this and everything else, they had a chance about six years ago, and they've blown it. Um, that the millennials, anybody under 30, looks at the GOP as a 1976 Pontiac Bonneville, um, which, in case you don't know, was a horribly ugly, huge, mammoth piece of steel, piece of crap that nobody ever wanted shortly into 1976. Um, do you guys feel that way, or is there, is there coming back to the Republican Party? Can the Republican Party go... Hey, we're not like everybody says we are. As someone who supported Ted Cruz and has known him personally and watched that convention, watched how they treated people that believe in Judeo-Christian values, that believe in the original tenet of the Constitution and believe in religious freedom, I don't think the GOP wants me. I don't think they want people that share my values. I think I watched that convention and saw them say, if you're not going to get with us, get out of our way. And so, and I would ask you this too, and so I have my opinions on this, but what do you think we need to do the very next day after Election Day, moving forward, to take back this country? Um, root ourselves in eternal truths. I think this country is going to go through what we're seeing in Charlotte and what we're seeing in Oklahoma. I think is only going to get worse and worse and worse um, because nobody is talking about eternal truths. We are disconnecting from everything civil anymore. We are at each other's throat. And right now, there are people in my own industry who are, you know, coming out against me because I'm speaking my mind. I don't fault them for, I, I don't have a problem with them staying with, with uh, Trump and, and being that guy. I don't, that's their decision. It takes a whole orchestra to make a, a symphony, uh, to make beautiful music. We have everybody. And the day after the election, we're going to need everyone, but we're pitted against each other. And if we don't start finding the only thing that really, truly makes the scales fall off of Paul's eyes, it wasn't Jesus alone. It wasn't Jesus. The presence of Christ would be so filled with love. That's what makes the scales fall from your eyes. We keep ratcheting up the argument and nobody's moving. They're just getting harder and harder in their positions. We have to learn how to love and respect other people and, and understand true diversity, not this bullcrap PC diversity where, hey, we have to be diverse, but you can't say that. No, I respect you for having a different opinion. And if we can be leaders of personal responsibility first, not personal freedom, personal responsibility first, personal freedom, individual rights, love, character, honor, decency. As the world spirals out of control and is looking for answers, they will, they will turn to those people who are like you, who are unwavering in their principles. As long as those principles always try to hold up the eternal truths, the things, 
judge a man by the fruit of his tree. What's your fruit look like? Because that's what's going to attract people. And right now, the parties, the fruit is rotten on all of the trees. Let people judge you by your actions and your character. Back in a minute. Kurt's here from Plano. You ready? I'm ready. Go ahead. Dear God, thanks for bringing us here safely today and help deliver us home. Stay vigilant over our country as we wander through the wilderness. Help us find a path. Help give us leaders that will instinctively look to you first instead of their pocketbooks and all the evil things that are amongst us. Be with us and help guide us in this next couple months. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 And Lord, more than a couple months, please, dear God, help us. (laughs) From Dallas, good night. Thank you. Regardless whoever wins the White House, we are facing serious geopolitical and economic challenges that could lead to the next great financial crisis. You need a recognized safe haven asset for your portfolio and IRA, and that asset is gold. Call Goldline and add physical gold to your portfolio or IRA at 800-913-GOLD. Goldline, been helping people diversify their portfolio with gold for over 55 years. Rated A-plus by the BDP. Read Goldline's important risk information, but do it now, because crazy times are coming. 800-913-GOLD. 800-913-GOLD.